Greetings, this is podcast number 74 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. This last podcast of the year will be a review of some of the worst things the right wing did in 2006. Let's get right into it. Now that Blast the Right has had a full year of podcasts, I think I fall under that mandatory rule of broadcasting which requires a year-end review. Far be it from me to challenge authority and break the unwritten rules, huh? So I went ahead and gave some thought about what a Blast the Right year-end review should be, which of the right-wing obscenities I told you about during the year should be included. Here's how I put together my list. You know I often say that right-wing policies inevitably cause increased human misery, suffering, pain, and death. I don't think I've ever explained exactly what the components of that phrase mean to me. Misery and suffering I associate with the increased poverty and general economic deprivation produced by right-wing economic measures. Pain and death refers to the actual physical pain and dying that is caused both by poverty and, more directly, by right-wing policies that lead to war and that fail to protect against environmental hazards and fatal diseases. Now, it's hard to quantify evil, saying one type of right-wing-caused increase in human misery, suffering, pain, and death is worse than another type of right-wing-caused increase in human misery, suffering, pain, and death. Obviously, in terms of sheer magnitude, Bush's continuing slaughterhouse in Iraq would be number one. Since on this podcast I like to give you a perspective not found on the mainstream media, I've limited my Worst of 2006 list to items that were terribly underreported, if reported at all, in the mass media. I've selected three in each category of damage. First, we'll do the misery and suffering economic deprivation category. Then we'll go on to the physical pain and death examples of the right wing in action. When you're at family gatherings and other festive occasions during this holiday season, and right wing blather rears its ugly head, the following will give you a smorgasbord to choose from to throw back at the right winger who's spouting their usual nonsense. Our first 2006 story is from Podcast 60, The Increase in Extreme Poverty in America. Regarding my sources with this year-end review, I'll be doing something a bit different. For each item, I'll tell you which podcast the material is from. You can check out the sources listed for that podcast on my data resources page. Listing sources here verbally for six different podcasts would take up a disproportionate amount of time. A handful of new sources I'm citing will be listed under Podcast 74. With all the happy talk from the administration about our strong economy and with the mainstream media constantly prattling on about new stock market records and low unemployment and record corporate profits, would you ever know that for millions of Americans, George Bush has irrefutably made things much, much worse? Of course you wouldn't. But the cold hard fact is, since the day George Bush took office, an additional 5.4 million Americans have fallen into poverty. 
I think in an earlier podcast I may have said six million. Far be it from me to exaggerate the evil of the Bushians. There's quite enough with just the plain unadorned facts. The poverty rate under George Bush has increased from 11.3 to 12.6 percent. Nearly 37 million Americans, 37 million, now live in poverty. This increase in poverty is a national disgrace, and its being so amazingly underreported is as strong an indictment of the corporate-owned media as the growth in poverty itself is an indictment of Bush's economic policies. In 2006, the figures became available for the year before. For the first time since Bush took office, the overall poverty rate didn't increase. It stayed the same. Hardly something for the right to brag about. Hey, we didn't increase poverty this year. Give us a hand. Before any right-wingers do get tempted to make such a ludicrous, self-congratulatory statement, let's disabuse them of that notion. Because among the poor the poverty became more extreme. Quote, the average person living in poverty actually earned $3,236 less than the poverty line, which is $19,971 for a household of four, the highest such gap ever measured by the Census Bureau. And 43% of the poor earned less than half of the poverty limit. Again, the highest such percentage ever recorded." Close quote. There's that expression, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? Well, under right-wingers, the poor get much, much poorer and they become more numerous as well. Of course, the Bushians aren't changing any policies to reverse these trends. They keep pushing for more of the same. Tax cuts that disproportionately go to those at the top. If you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting the results you've always gotten. The higher-up Bushians know this. We'll have to assume that the Bushians don't really care if the results change. Right-wingers obviously just consider increased and more extreme poverty as unavoidable collateral damage as the right achieves its goal of transferring wealth to the rich from everyone else. Let's go on to the second item on the Blast the Right Worst of 2000 list economic misery and suffering category. This would be Ripping Off the Working Poor from Podcast 25. The working poor are those who work full-time jobs but still earn below the poverty line. The working poor benefit from a provision in the tax code called the Earned Income Tax Credit. It's been around for over 30 years. What it does is provide an offset for Social Security taxes paid by low-income workers along with an additional credit depending on how much they earn. This winds up supplementing the salaries of low-income workers. 19 million taxpayers benefit from the Earned Income Tax Credit. It's long had bipartisan support since its intent and effect is to give people an incentive to work. It's an amazingly effective and positive program. In one recent year, it lifted 4.4 million people out of poverty, including 2.4 million children. In fact, it lifts more children out of poverty than any other program. Lifting children out of poverty is a good thing, yes? Something the Bushians should be supporting, yes? But no, they don't, because it helps the poor. It was bad enough a few years ago when the Bush IRS 
imposed draconian proof-of-eligibility requirements to receive the earned income tax credit, far more exhaustive than imposed on any other class of taxpayers, including the wealthy. But what makes the list here is that it was reported early in 2006 that the Bush IRS has frozen the tax refunds of 1.6 million poor Americans and labeled their returns fraudulent. But it didn't tell these taxpayers this had been done. Most were claiming an earned income tax credit. Their average reported income was only $13,000. Refunds due them were $3,500. The IRS's own taxpayer advocate said this was, quote, an extraordinary violation of fundamental taxpayer rights and fairness, close quote. She added that it, quote, may also constitute a violation of due process of law, close quote. The Bush administration violating due process of law? Who would have thunk it? The most amazing thing is, also according to the IRS's own taxpayer advocate, that most of the taxpayers are entitled to the amount sought or more. The Bushians are, in effect, stealing money due the working poor. Kick the working poor while they're down. Kick them hard. Kick them over and over and over again. You're a right winger. I guess that's what you were born to do. So you wear the vestments of ill-gotten Christian destiny. You give us empty words and flags to rally around, but the rest of it don't seem to trickle down to streets of hopeless faces, mortgaged and foreclosed. Downsized part time jobs, forsaken by the HMOs, sucking up the welfare when there's more to subsidize. The last economic worst of 2006 item concerns how the right treats itself. While the misery and suffering of poverty intensified and spread, and even the little bit of money due many of the working poor was illegally withheld from them, the wealthy made certain that they got theirs, and then some big time. And it didn't matter how the money was gained. Blood money? No problem. As discussed in Podcast 30, the profits of military contractors have skyrocketed as the cost of the Iraq War soars and other defense budget increases are passed by the right-wing Congress. Listen to these numbers. As a percentage of change in profit from 2004 to 2005, we have General Dynamics up 19%. Northrop, Grumman, Boeing, and Lockheed Martin enjoying a 29 to 44% increase. Raytheon with a 108% jump. And the grand winner is, guess who? Halliburton up 292%. 
Halliburton made almost four times the profit on government contracts than it did the year before. In 2006, stock prices have gone way up as well for many of these companies. As a New York Times writer put it, quote, Look at the money machines these contractors have become as the war drags on, close quote. War profiteering used to be condemned by our leaders. In a 1939 radio address, the very first one he made after World War II broke out in Europe, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, No American has the moral right to profiteer at the expense either of his fellow citizens or of the men, the women, and the children who are living and dying in the midst of war in Europe. And towards that end, in 1940, Roosevelt sought an excess profits tax to ensure that the sacrifices of the many did not enrich the few. Can you imagine George W. Bush or any of these right-wing neocons saying or doing anything like that? The defense industry gives 60% of its contributions to Republicans. No surprise there, huh? I can't help but throw in here, as I told you in podcast number 37, that George Bush's Uncle Bucky pocketed a cool $2.7 million in blood money when a company he was on the board of and which had enjoyed rapid expansion of military contracts from the Iraq and Afghan wars was sold. In connection with the Iraq war, some Democrats have tried to do the right thing, tried to prevent war profiteering. For example, Senator Patrick Leahy of Vermont's bill that would, quote, prohibit profiteering and fraud relating to military action, relief, and reconstruction efforts in Iraq, close quote. This bill, of course, went nowhere in the right-wing controlled Congress. Now that Senator Leahy will be in a chairmanship position and the Democrats control Congress, this bill and other investigations of right-wing war profiteering and fraud may get some traction. Let's hope so. Okay, the first item in the right-wing caused pain and death category is deliberately suffocating people. Yes. Many deaths in mining disasters are caused by the fact that rescuers don't usually reach trapped miners for an entire day or two. Such was the case in this year's Sago mining disaster, where 11 miners suffocated because rescuers couldn't reach them in time. Federal law required that miners be provided with only one hour of oxygen for disaster use, obviously terribly inadequate. After Sago, another fatal mining accident in Harlan County and the highest miner's death rate in 20 years compelled even the right-wing controlled Congress to at least give the appearance of doing something to improve mine safety. It was obvious to anyone with half a brain what one thing they had to do was increase the oxygen supply requirement. By how much? Again, a no-brainer. A West Virginia commission composed of three union and three industry reps had concluded that trapped miners needed to have available a 48-hour supply of oxygen because, as already noted here, it takes sometimes an entire day or two to reach trapped miners. Democrats in Congress readily agreed to the 48 hours, but not Republicans. They said no and only increased the required air supply from one hour to two hours. 
Two hours! Totally useless. The trap miners will, as the right-wingers certainly were aware, still suffocate and die before the rescuers can reach them. But the dishonest right-wingers can now brag to their gullible audiences that they doubled the oxygen supply. Right-wingers were obviously more concerned about boosting the profits of the coal industry, a multi-million dollar contributor to Republican coffers, than they were concerned about really making miners safe. If they had a family member in, in the mines, and I'm sure they would be the first ones to jump on the bandwagon with us and say, well, we need safety. But, you know, all they think is the dollar. That was Virginia Moore, fiancé of Terry Helms, a Sago victim. Representative George Miller, Democrat of California, who tried to force the Senate and House to provide 48 hours of oxygen, will now be chairman of the House Education and Workforce Committee. That's the committee responsible for mine safety legislation. With Miller's leadership and a Democratic majority in the House and Senate, let's hope that the right wing's two-hour death supply of air can be transformed into a progressive, life-sustaining 48 hours of oxygen. I'm taking my country back Son, you ain't been doing her right Oh, I've been watching you and I don't like How you've been treating my stars and stripes You took our jobs and sent them overseas Now we owe billions to the red Chinese You blew the budget and you bossed Iraq So I'm taking my The next item on the right-wing pain and death express is cancer, which will attack almost one in two Americans. One of the ways the Federal Centers for Disease Control and Prevention addresses this tragic situation is by running a breast and cervical cancer early detection program. It helps low-income women, those who have no insurance or who are underinsured. After offering free mammograms, pap tests, and other such services, if cancer is found, a complementary program provides the women with treatment. So not only detection, but life-saving treatment is provided. There's a general consensus that this program saves lives and also saves money, since treating cancer early is much less expensive than treating it later on. This early detection program has suffered from underfunding, with only enough support to cover one in five eligible women. What did the right wing do? Expand the program to save lives? Bush proposed cutting funding by $1.4 million, which would eliminate 4,000 women from the program. Could it get any worse? Of course it could. Not only did Bush want to cut funding for this program, but for virtually all cancer programs. The president of the American Cancer Society marveled out loud, quote, What's really amazing is that the president cut every cancer program. He cut the colorectal cancer program. He cut research at the National Cancer Institute. He cut literally every one of our cancer-specific programs. It's incomprehensible, close quote. Incomprehensible unless you understand the right wing. The last item on our Worst of 2000 list concerns the air we all breathe and the most deadly toxin in it. That would be soot, the minute particles that come from power plants, heavy industry, and automobile exhaust pipes. 
Soot lodges deep into your lungs and circulatory system. The Environmental Health Administration sets maximum allowable levels of soot. Estimates are that these limits save 15,000 people every year from death due to soot-related heart and lung diseases. Yet even so, coronary and respiratory disease caused by soot still kill tens of thousands of people in this country every year. Clearly something more needs to be done. Indeed, every five years the EPA must look at the standards and make revisions if the latest science warrants doing so. In 2006, the EPA's own staff overwhelmingly recommended that the annual allowable amount be reduced. But the right-wing appointed EPA administrator rejected their conclusion. A virtually unprecedented plea from independent science advisors was also ignored this EPA failure to act will kill people. Johnny Hefner, MD, president of the American Thoracic Society, said that, quote, people develop respiratory disorders and those with existing lung, heart, and other chronic diseases die prematurely because they are exposed to these microscopic pollutants at levels well below those set by the EPA today, close quote. How many people? Harvard School of Public Health epidemiologist Joel Schwartz said if the Bush EPA had followed the recommendation of its own science advisors on the annual standard, 3,000 lives would be saved annually. 3,000 premature deaths would be avoided. We could avoid a September 11th level death toll by following the scientists' advice. But no, the right-wingers apparently don't care. Of more concern to them is higher industry profits. As you might expect, the majority of energy industry campaign contributions go to the GOP. Profit to the already wealthy trumps all in the right-wing credo. So there you have it. Throw people into extreme poverty, steal money do the working poor, make themselves rich with blood money? That's right-wing economics for you. And... Let minors suffocate, cut cancer screening programs, and let all of us breathe fatal levels of soot. That's health policy right-wing style. What a delightful array of right-wing offerings to the American body politic in 2006. All guaranteed to accomplish what all right-wing policies accomplish. Increased human misery, suffering, pain, and death. We progressives in 2007 must and will go on fighting the right, speaking the truth as we see it, always on the side of dignity, health, and prosperity for all people. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right and vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. There's a one-click link to do each of those on the podcast homepage. You get to my podcast homepage by typing in Blast the Right in Google, and I'm the first result. A voting report is a pretty good one today. We're only four votes out of the top ten. We reduced it from 46 last week, I think it was. Great job, guys. Can we get another four votes? And maybe another 30 on top of that as a cushion to protect against the surge from below that always comes the last couple of days of the month. If you want to join in and help put a progressive podcast back in the Podcast Alley Top 10, please go vote right now. A special shout out to all you Live 365 and Red Dragon 365 listeners. 
Glad to have you on board. If you want to, you can go vote at Podcast Alley as well. I know it's the end of the year, and many people make a lot of charitable contributions at the end of the year. I'll suggest one that you may not have heard of, 50 Years is Enough. Its website is 50years.org, 50years.org. It's not all that well known outside activist circles. I highly recommend it if you're interested in donating to an organization that does a fantastic job advocating for global economic justice on so many of the issues that I've spoken about often on this podcast. And now a word from another progressive podcaster. Hi, this is Refinish69 from Doing My Part for the Left. And when I say doing my part for the left, I mean it, folks. I am a diehard liberal, and I don't care what side of the aisle they sit on. If they're not doing right by the country or right by the people in the United States or the world, I will go after them. I don't care who they are, because I believe in equal rights for everyone, and I express that very loudly and very clearly on my show. I am proud to be a member of the Progressive podcast network you can find out about the other fabulous podcasts and people that are hanging out there at progressivepodcastnetwork.org they have a blog they have the different list of the different podcasts that you can listen to hope you'll join us and let's take our country back folks and stop these right-wing idiots from destroying america music credits the bumper music was Kill the Poor by Matthew Grimm and the Red Smear and Take My Country Back by Honky Tonkers for Truth. We'll close with a little bit of Peter Finch playing Howard Beale in the classic film Network combined with No Justice, No Peace by Wacky Avelli. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. I love getting all that great email. Write to me, rational at adelphia.net. You might want to drop me a note and tell me whether you agree with my choice of segments from Blast the Right, illustrating largely unreported worst things the right wing did in 2006. You can also call and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Just dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. I want to wish everyone a healthy and a happy new year. The way I'm feeling, things certainly look a lot better today than they did in December 2005. Know what I'm saying? So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! What matters, hell?